Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, May 24th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Hustle Writer Rob Letters, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Later in today's episode, we're taking you on a road rocking trip down to Flavortown where the gravitational force of bacon warps the laws of space and time. Those are not my words. Those are Guy Fieri's, the maver of Flavortown over at the Food Network, as he's known. In a little bit, we're going to discuss his growing business empire and how he got there. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack-lacking. Rob, what are we looking at? So the first thing that I want to talk about today is Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots is getting acquired by J&J Snack Foods for $222 million. Woo! Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a nice price tag. I still think it's kind of a modest price tag for something that was once dubbed the ice cream of the future. I, I would think that the <laughs> like market cap for ice cream in general is a lot bigger than $222 million. They are joining a bunch of other cool niche food brands under the J&J banner. So Super Pretzel. I'm pretty mm. sure Super Pretzel is like the pretzel vendor at a lot of stadiums and ballparks, like if you're mm. getting a, a big hot pretzel there. They also are the company that owns Icy, if you've ever oh, had wow. Icy. Oh, yeah. And uh, a few others. The, the Funnel Cake Factory, I think, is one of note. So, yeah, they, they've got a cool little kind of empire of niche snack foods going on. And now Dippin' Dots is in the rotation. It's very nice. Dippin' Dots, it's a very interesting food. You know, it's like inherently exciting just by the look of it. You know, I learned recently Dippin' Dots has a massive side of its business that has nothing to do with actually selling ice cream. Really? Apparently, in the production process of Dippin' Dots, they have to be made at some ridiculously low temperature. And to do that, they right. need special machinery, special equipment to ship it and store it. And they have a massive cryogenics business where they sell like industrial cooling systems wow. to all different types of businesses. I, I don't know the exact numbers. I've, I've read it's equally or larger than the actual ice cream business. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and you go on their website. I went on their website. You click on the cryogenics tab and you see them like they have all these sales pages for like industrial 40 foot long cooling systems. <laughs> That's Dippin' Dots. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up. There's a reason that you don't see Dippin' Dots in the grocery store and you just hit on it. They're made by flash freezing ice cream mix and liquid nitrogen. Right. And it requires a storage temperature below negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's cold. And it's colder than most like grocery store refrigerators need to be, which is why they kind of have to be in their little proprietary freezer carts or stands that you right. see at these games and stuff like that. That's fascinating. Who knew? Yeah, good for Dippin' Dots. What are you getting into, JC? So I have to tell you, I came across this ad the other day while I was scrolling on TikTok. Oh, no. And I was flummoxed. It was one of the more unexpected things I came across this weekend. It was an ad for UPS, the shipping company. We're talking about the shipping company formed in 1907. And right. the ad read, see you in the metaverse. What? So I'm, yeah, that's exactly what I said. I'm just okay. like, oh no, what's going on here? <laughs> there are definitely some businesses that don't seem like they would translate to the metaverse. And I think at the top of that list would be shipping. Like <laughs> yes. everything is digital. <laughs> like what is a logistics company doing in the metaverse? Right. And the funniest part, some uh, local outlet, I think, down in Atlanta, and it was interviewing uh, one of like the chief digital media people at, at UPS, and they basically said, you know, we don't even know what we're doing here yet, but we don't really <laughs> want to miss out on this trend. So that we're just filing a bunch of like trademarks in the space so we can figure it out as we go. 
They basically word for word said that, which I honestly respect. I respect that. I was going to say the exact same thing. Like just, I actually kind of like that. It's a nice PR bump. Oh yeah. It's a great PR bump, but a long growing list of other brands have also forayed into the metaverse across retail. You have companies oh, like yeah. Nike and Gucci, food, you have Wendy's, McDonald's, you have entertainment, HBO, NASCAR, and more. And obviously, some of these sectors make a lot more sense than others, especially the retail, the entertainment. Like on Roblox, for instance, they had a Gucci garden, which is like a interactive experience Gucci made, had 20 million visitors on Roblox, wow. which is pretty insane, you know, and they were selling all kinds of digital Gucci items. Right. But then you have companies like multi-trillion dollar banks like JP Morgan and Fidelity who've set up like metaverse lounges. And then you have parcel shipper UPS who's also <laughs> doing getting into the space. And and you know, it's just what are the business cases for metaverse pop-up shops for trillion dollar banks and parcel shippers? It's a little less clear, right? But I think the important thing is to consider is that in today's world, brands obviously are shifting to a much more relatable experimental tone heavily driven by things like the TikTok comment section where brands are just joking around directly with consumers. And these moves have a downstream effect that has impacts outside of classic PR. For instance, there's a better chance that someone from Gen Z might want to work for UPS if they see that the company is interested in the metaverse. It's a great <laughs> point. Yeah. It's a recruiting tool. It's a recruiting tool as much as it is uh, just a fun experiment, you know? All it is to say... As the metaverse develops, marketer strategies will develop with it. And uh, for now, a lot of these projects are going to be like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Many are going to just be complete wastes of time and flops. Yeah. But some will stick. And I think just most of these companies think it's just worthwhile to experiment if they right. have the budget and just see what happens. <laughs> All right. And in other news, Starbucks will exit Rush after 15 years closing 130 cafes. Its Russia business accounts for less than 1% of annual revenue. And Starbucks said it will pay nearly 2,000 Russian workers for six months' time. Moving along, Conan O'Brien sold his hit podcast network digital media brand team Coco to Sirius XM in a deal worth an estimated $150 million dollars. Swedish buy now, pay later giant Klarna is laying off 10% of its workforce. I guess as fewer people think they're going to be able to actually pay later in this economy. Also, new data shows the average age of vehicles on U.S. roads hit a record 12.2 years in 2021 as quality has improved over time and as people held on to cars for longer to avoid auto shortages and price hikes. And finally, New York City removed its last public payphone yesterday. Unreal. So how about that? <laughs> what an era. Unreal. And it's oh, going into awesome. a museum. <laughs> and now I uh, I think it's a good time to turn to a topic that I think really many people in the United States are deeply interested in. <laughs> I hope so. Are we talking about Guy Fieri? Yes, we are. The mayor of Flavortown. I'll tell you a little something. So on any given Friday night, there's about a 95% chance that I can tell you exactly where my parents are. And it's planted in front of the TV watching Triple D. My parents are avid Guy Fieri fans, love diners, drive-ins, and dives, and they have gotten me completely hooked. It's a great show. It really is. It's perfect, like effortless television. It's incredibly yeah. entertaining. Guy is just like this perfect host who just like doesn't let awkwardness happen nope regardless of who he's on screen with it's incredible <laughs> and he's a perfect match for the style of food that's on the show <laughs> exactly and he has crazy catchphrases like oh, that's yes. out of bounds i could put this on a flip-flop and it would taste good another good one 
I can't play the guitar, but I can play the griddle. And then he says, that deep fryer looks like the community pool in Flavortown. As easy as it is to kind of poke fun at Guy Fieri and, and laugh at how goofy he is. And his entire getup, he has crazy frosted tips. His wardrobe is pretty cartoonish. The guy has built an absolute empire off of Triple D, mm. and he's doing some really, really cool stuff outside of his business efforts as well. The biggest part of his empire off screen is restaurants, right? Have you ever been mm. to a Guy Fieri restaurant? I have not. The guy has 14 restaurant brands that Damn. include 70 locations across six wow. continents. You said when we started this conversation that, you know, Americans would probably be deeply interested in this, but it sounds like Guy is international. People just love Guy Fieri. Yeah, Flavortown, global brand. <laughs> Honestly, we were just talking about the metaverse. I feel like Flavortown could thrive in the metaverse. Oh, it seems like it, it could be, be its, its own, own metaverse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So once you get past the restaurant empire that Fieri has, he also has this kind of growing alcohol empire. So he partnered with Sammy Hagar, who's the former lead singer of Van Halen. Like, I, I can't think of a more on-brand <laughs> duo right there. Yeah. Guy Fieri and Sammy Hagar, they collabed to release Santo Tequila, which is obviously a tequila company. He also went in on a partnership with Hunt and Ride Winery, which is a vineyard that's named after his two sons, Hunter and Ryder. I mean, that's a good move. The celebrity alcohol brands are very big right now. You have oh, yeah. George Clooney, Casamigos, I believe, Ryan Reynolds, right. Aviation Gin, The Rock has Terramana tequila. I mean, I think the people I just mentioned are a little bit of a different level than, than Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah. For better or worse. But those brands are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, probably. So he's making a good move there, I think. So everybody knows Guy Fieri is, you know, the host of Triple D and everybody has seen him on TV and stuff. What I don't think a lot of people know about Guy Fieri is he's really committed to philanthropy. Mm. So in the last few years, obviously Guy Fieri has this massive public persona and he seems like kind of a goofy, all fun and games type guy. But on the side, this guy is helping a lot of people and he's super, super serious about being an advocate for restaurant workers. In 2018, Fieri and some friends helped cook up 15,000 Thanksgiving dinners for California wildfire evacuees. I actually remember this because those wow. wildfires were just insane. And he was kind of spearheading this effort. And then in 2020, right when the pandemic struck, he partnered with the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation, say that five times fast, to raise <laughs> yeah. $20 million for restaurant workers that lost their job due to COVID. So wow. just doing some awesome work for people that work in restaurants. Beyond his kind of formal charity work, and people might anticipate this kind of boost, but when a restaurant is on diners, drive-ins, and dives, its sales go crazy after the appearance. So I think they say on average, restaurant sales go up by 200% after appearing on the show. Like wow. I read this article, Fieri literally tells the owner of the restaurant, like, get ready for things to change a little bit. <laughs> the mayor of Flavortown is serving his constituents right, JC. Yeah, he is. Now I'm in the mood to watch an episode of Driver's Drive-Ins and Dives. <laughs> I'm always in the mood for an episode of Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. Not even kidding. That's like my favorite passive TV show. Like if I just want the TV on in the background, I'm looking at Food Network. I'm looking for Triple D. All right. Well, I'll be watching tonight. <laughs> <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today, folks. If you liked what you heard, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litters. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.